Welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're on episode 16 now with myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. It's been another week of lockdown, another week with no football. Actually, it's just come up today on the news, Dad, about the fact that they're thinking about me playing the rest of the Premier League matches at neutral grounds. Yeah, I haven't read into it. I'm not quite sure what that means, but uh, it's all getting very strange, isn't it, unfortunately? But I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. And it's all linked to what we're going to be talking about today, which is football grounds. So we've picked five of our top football grounds that we've been to ourselves together. To be fair, pretty much every football match I've ever watched has been with you. And summarise our favourite grants. It might be for different reasons. Last week, you said you were talking about pies and parking, which I think is quite a good summary of football grants. So, do you want to kick off with your first football ground? Yeah, so I've got biggins, little ones, and everything in between. So, the first one of my five is the new lawn, which is the home of Forest Green Rovers. So, quite a new ground, quite a new team, actually. So, 2006, the ground was opened. Capacity of just over 5,000 with 2,000 seated. I was there probably about six, five six years ago watching when they were still in the non-league in those days so in the national league playing my second team barrow it was a nil nil draw so not the best of matches but a really uh quaint little ground gym leisure club conference center so quite a lot going on there officially opened with a friendly forest green against england c whoever england c are and that was in september 2006 and the largest attendance was just short of full 4,836 against Derby when they lost 4-3 at home in the FA Cup third round. So that was a good match. Good atmosphere. There was probably about 1,500 when I was there. I said good atmosphere, only a little ground, but uh, the quirky thing about it is the vegan football club. Yeah, I remember you saying this is cool. So no meat. So the lads from Barrow who came down, lads and lasses from Barrow, were looking for some pies. <laughs> steak and ale. Steak and ale. Never got no <laughs> steak and ale pies. They got veggie burgers. And even I was a bit heathen. I joined the queue and said, uh, I'll have a cup of tea. And I said, have you got some proper milk? They went, that is proper milk. Oh, no. I went, it's soya milk. <laughs> they went, well, I'm not going to need proper milk. <laughs> so even I got dragged into it. But yeah, and there's just about to... I think they got planning permission to build a new ground, which is going to be all wooden, a sustainable ground. So yeah, fascinating. They're pioneers sort of, really, aren't they, with that kind of Pioneers, stuff. yeah, yeah. And I think they won't let the players eat meat as well, don't oh, think. Really? I've not looked into it that far. But yeah, no, it's a, f- a fascinating read. I must read up on Forest Green Rovers and the new lawn. 2006, that's quite a new stadium. Yeah, very new stadium. And so it's very interesting. Was it covered seating or were you uh, I think in the elements? Was, I can't remember. Can't remember. No, I can't remember. How many does it hold again? Just over 5,000. Wicked. Well, the ground that I've picked next, I've gone for the Bet365 Stadium, which used to be called the Britannia Stadium, of course, that hosts Stoke City. So opened in 1997, has a capacity of 30,089, and that's all seated. We went there back in September 2018. It's very imposing ground from afar as it is perched right on top of a hill with hardly any buildings around it. It's very much in an industrial state because it's kind of on top of a hill. It does look very impressive. And the away fans, we got put on the south stand, 2,800 seats. Do you remember you walk along like a little canal to get there? One of the routes you can get there is along this really cute little canal. Really great view from the seats, a good atmosphere. The Stoke anthem is Tom Jones's Delilah, which was a bit of a classic. And like I said, we went back in September 2018 for the championship match against Blackburn, where we won 3-2. I mentioned it last week, how Peter Crouch came on. He's big, he's red, and his feet stick out the bed, Peter Crouch. And it kind of turned the whole match around. And then they missed a stoppage time penalty. A really, really good match. But the record attendance at the Bet365 Stadium was in the Premier League in 2018, not that long ago, 
against Everton. And it was 2-1 to Everton. Cenk Tosin got two goals and Charlie Adams got sent off. So that was a bit of a flashback. Yeah, I remember thinking it wasn't your traditional football stadium in that you walk along like lots of housing estates and it just pops up. It's really quite prominent up on a hill in the middle of nowhere almost, but really cool atmosphere. It holds a lot of people and a really cool match. So I really enjoyed it there. Yeah, it's one of the grounds I always wanted to go to. And let's say I'd always heard about a good atmosphere and sure enough, the Stoke fans did create a good atmosphere. Yeah, it was a good atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, very good. So my uh, second one is a lot bigger, that's for sure, than Forest Green, and it's Villa Park. I've gone for Villa Park, one of the oldest grounds, and traditionally classed as a big ground. It was home to 55 FA Cup finals. Growing up, it was always the FA Cup semi-finals were always on neutral grounds, and one of the neutral grounds was always Villa Park. It's famous for FA Cups. Capacity these days of 42,000, just short of 43,000. Villa have been there since 1897. There's been 16 English matches there. Oh, wow. And it's the first English ground to stage international football in three different centuries. So 1800s, 1900s and 2000s. So quite a famous old ground. The Holt End is the famous Aston Villa end. You've got the Doug Ellis stand as well. Highest league attendance against Liverpool, a full house, but I'm sure they get lots of full houses, actually. Yeah, they will, won't they? I went there, actually, an interesting match. I went there back in January 2010. Again, watching Blackburn in the League Cup semi-final. Bit of a funny one, actually. It was a, if you Google it, interesting, really interesting match. So Villa went into the second leg 1-0 up from Ewood and were clear favourites, but within 20-odd minutes, Blackburn were 2-0 up with two from Nico Kalinic, remember him? So 2-0 oh up and then um, it all went to be weird. And Blackburn centre half Samba got sent off. Stephen and Zondi scored no goal and went all over the place. Ended up six four on the night to Villa. Six four in goals on the day. Yeah, on the day, yeah, to Aston Villa. So <laughs> seven four on aggregate. aggregate. So they got through to the first final for a while. Actually, I was sat with the Villa fans. I went with some friends and sat on my hands in the Villa side, and they invaded the pitch at the end because they were so yeah. excited about getting to Wembley again. So yeah, it was a cracking match and an old-fashioned stadium, even though it's been modernised. I'm sure a lot less like Stoke, really, one that's in Birmingham, and you sort of come across it. I thought it was yeah, really, really interesting and old-fashioned and great atmosphere. So, What's it like for you when you go, I know obviously when we can, we go in the way fans, but on some occasions, like say when you're with your mates or with work colleagues. Well, you just keep quiet. You're just very respectful of the people around you, really, keeping quiet. But yeah, it was an exciting match to watch. I've never been. I like to go to Villa Park and obviously your son-in-law, Mr. David, who was on the podcast ooh, a few months back now, he's obviously a big Aston Villa fan. So maybe all three of us should go. Yes, definitely. So my second ground that I've picked, one of my favourites that we've ever been to is Craven Cottage. Of course, Fulham in London, opened in 1896, currently has a capacity of 21,000 just over, all seated, but it was 25,700 until the closure of the Riverside stand in 2019. So I think they're redoing all that. And it's located next to Bishop's Park on the banks of the River Thames. Originally, it was a royal hunting lodge and it has so much character. I really like in particular the little cottage pavilion, which traditionally is used by the players, families and friends who sit on the balcony. Kind of makes it feel a little bit like it's a cricket ground when you see the little pavilion in the corner. It's a favoured destination by a lot of visiting fans. You walk from the tube, go through the park, have a drink overlooking the Thames. And we went back in September 2014, watched obviously Blackburn Rovers, they won 1-0 and the attendance was nearly 16,500. 
but their record attendance again like you say like a Villa Park they probably get sold out all the time when they're in the Premier League but back in September 2009 they had a sold out crowd against Arsenal where they lost goal by Van Persie I really loved it I remember thinking oh my gosh this is the most quietest kind of build up to a match everyone was dressed in their fancy clothes and it felt like a real different kind of occasion as to some football matches that I've been to. I really liked it. I think it's beautiful. Overlooking the Thames, really cool little stadium, great atmosphere. Fans were good, quite civilised, would you say? Definitely. What's your third ground? Next one, similar team to Fulham, a team that sort of hovers around the Championship and the Premier League up and down a little bit. And that's Reading, the Majesty, Majeski Stadium, easier for me to say. Picked it because it's a very, well, couple of reasons. One of the modern stadiums, come off the M4, and I went to a German stadium once in Stuttgart, and when you go to a lot of the German stadiums, you know, they've got everything there, hotels, conference centres, they do concerts, they do everything. So that's that's exactly what Majeski's like. You come off the motorway and there's a big complex of stuff there. Not only have you got Reading playing there, you've got London Irish, the rugby union team, built August 1998. First match way back when then was Luton at home. They won 3-0. Capacity 24-161. And the biggest attendance 24-184, which is more than they could get in there, which is interesting. Uh, that was against Everton in September 2012. But again, when they were in the Premier League, lots of full houses or thereabouts. Mm. Interesting thing about Reading, the thing that I really liked was the, we went there February 2014. Yeah, we went there together, didn't we? And they won 1-0, another 1-0 win, and Conway got the goal. The thing that I really liked, they made the away fans more welcome than anywhere, anywhere I've ever been. Been to 50-odd grounds, probably, and that was the one where they really looked after you. So there was posters up, Welcome Blackburn Rovers. The TVs had footage from Blackburn matches. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Even the team behind the counter serving the, the pies and the beer and the teas and the coffees had Blackburn Rovers T-shirts on. So the whole of the sort of away area was branded for the away team, and I imagine every time they've got a different match, they'll take all that stuff down, take the videos out, put some stuff on from the away team, whoever it is. So, yeah, a real warm welcome, something I've never seen anywhere else before, and I thought, good on you, well done, Reading. So, obviously, you kind of had to pick it being Blackburn Rovers fans, Ewood Park. It opened in 1890, and then in 1990, Jack Walker gained full control. That's where he developed the stands, and we got the capacity. 31,367, all seated. The pitch is actually slightly raised, so small incline. So when they take throw-ins and corners, you do notice it a little bit. And was it on your bucket list? We ended up being season ticket holders. How many seasons? I think I was thinking you were two. I was about four. We were in the Riverside, which in the stand, which was the oldest part of the stadium and the only single tiered stand in the ground. Really cool atmosphere from there. Nice family atmosphere. That's where we've been since I can remember, really. And the away fans, they go in the Brian Douglas Darwin end, which apparently is a bit of a tight squeeze when I was reading about it. And they can have just over 4,000 people in that bit. And then it says on the concourse, pies are £3, chips £2. And before entering the ground, apparently, I, d- I think I have seen this, there's a, a baker's shop on Bolton Road, which sells hot pies. Lovely. Oh, can't, can't beat that. Record attendance. So before Jack Walker obviously took control in 1990, they had 62,000 people just over that in the 1929 FA Cup third round against Bolton. But then I look back since when we had capacity of 31,000 just over, we averaged a crowd of 26,238 in 2002, 2003 when we were in the Premier League. 
that was some of the heydays then I remember that when we were younger bringing the flask great atmosphere and our most recent trip to Ewood this year in January watched them against Preston North End 1-1 so I think it's always going to be a very special place for us seeing as that's the first place I ever watched football and probably the last place I'll ever watch football My next one was when we were in the first division, gave you the chance to go to some different grounds. In fact, a lot of the grounds you couldn't get tickets for because they're a bit smaller and the tickets are restricted. And I think uh, like a lot of teams that fall out of the top divisions into the lower divisions, if you can just do one year, it's a bit of fun. So I'm sure Sunderland would be wishing they'd only done one year. But we were in and out, thankfully. But uh, whilst we were in, they managed to get to a few different places. And one of those was Shrewsbury, the New Meadow. Nice ground, capacity just under 10,000. Again, used for concerts. The first league match there was Bradford City, July 2007. The record attendance, 10,200. And that was against Chelsea in the 2014-15 League Cup. Like I say, a good atmosphere, quite a friendly welcome, quite a tight stadium. Well, it's just a good atmosphere there, actually. Did you go on your own or did you go with someone else? No, I went on my own, yeah. But we stayed in um, Shrewsbury overnight and actually it's one of the reasons for picking it because quite often going to the football, the way matches gives you the chance to visit new places and I've never been to Shrewsbury before. What a lovely place that was, so... Did you go with mum and then mum went shopping? Yeah, yeah. She went off and had a look around all (laughs) the different things. But beautiful place, Shrewsbury. Again, very friendly people, very welcoming and good ground, so... Definitely recommend a trip to the new meadow in Shrewsbury. Sticking with kind of some of the smaller grounds, probably one of the smallest grounds I've been to, not too far from us. We were going to go, if it hadn't been the lockdown, to watch them against Barrow. Hewish Park, of course, the Oval. Based in beautiful Somerset, where we are. Lovely setting, surrounded by lots of trees. Capacity of 9,565 Opened in 1990, and the away fans, there's a stand at the end of the ground, uncovered terrace, where you can have 1,500 fans. If I remember rightly, I think we were in the 600-seated allocated bit in the Screwfix community stand, which was covered. I don't remember. It might have been, it was a night match. Or was no, it? it was, yeah, it was winter though, so that's why we went in there, because we were a bit soft. Yeah, there were only the hardcore fans that were in the uncovered bit. And the highest ever attendance, 9,527 versus Leeds. That was in 2008 in League One, and Dougie Freeman scored the goal that put Leeds their place in the League One playoffs. So, unfortunately, Yeovil lost that one. And, yes, yeah, so we went back in December 2013. That was actually the last time that Yeovil were in the championship. And then they play a famous Dave Clark 5 song when they score a goal. And it's a really cool atmosphere there. Glad All Over, is that it? That's it, Glad All Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the song they play when they score a goal. I like small grounds because you're right in the mix of it all and you can, it's a cool atmosphere, you get all the fans in your face. Quite rowdy, actually. Mm, they come out to the Wurzels, which is quite, uh, living in the West Country as we do, they come out yeah. to the sound <laughs> of the Wurzels, cider drinkers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, good uh, fun. Uh, yeah, really good fun. And again, nice to pick maybe on those smaller grounds that they're now in the National League, aren't they, Govel? They went relegated the season we watched in 2013 then they got relegated again down to league one and then relegated down to league two they did i think three seasons in a row where they got relegated mm, yeah. and obviously now in the national league so uh, i've gone for a bit of a funny one which is sort of small ground big team big league by that, that's Bournemouth, the Vitality Stadium. It's a funny old thing, isn't it, when you think that a team 
competing in the Premiership, the biggest league in the world, supposedly, with 70-odd thousand capacity at Old Trafford, and you've got 11,500 less that than... That is crazy. ...at Bournemouth. So uh, I've been there three times. It used to be the Dean Court. Reading the history on it, it was uh, rebuilt, Vitality Stadium, rebuilt in 2001. First match was against Wrexham, 2001 November. They've had temporary stands up and down and done all sorts of things. It's an interesting ground, actually. The first time I went was watching again, watching Barrow, and lived locally at that time, worked locally. And it was a funny match. November 2007, FA Cup first round, and it was a 3-2 win in extra time for Bournemouth. Interesting match and a sort of uh, quite a good fun. And I've been twice since watching Blackburn. One was February 2015, which was a nil-nil draw. Interesting because I uh, got on a bus in Bournemouth. The ground's quite a long way out of town. So um, got on a bus and chat with a scarf, an old boy with a Bournemouth scarf. Sat next to him and said, listen, I'm, I'm assuming you get off when you get to the ground. He said, oh yeah, I'll get off at the same point. And as we got off, he said, oh, do you don't mind walking slowly, do you? I said, no, I don't mind walking slowly. He said, let's walk to the ground. You can tell me all about your team and tell me who's the best players. Oh, bless him. So I had a nice walk to the ground with this old chap. So a good match there, actually. You're on the side as the away fans. And because it's such a small ground, it's a great atmosphere. Very friendly. And again, a nice place if you want to stop overnight. Lots of away fans will make a night of it, I'm sure, on the Bournemouth on the south coast there. I bet you didn't walk after the match with the old... Chap. No, no, I stayed out the way, but I, I did. Uh, I did walk. It's a, it's a good forty-minute walk into Bournemouth. Oh that my thought. god! See, that's an essential for me for a football ground. It's got to be because of you. This is mainly because of you. It's got to be close to either where we've parked the car or where the tube is or where the train station is. Because why, after every football match, do we have to sprint? Well, that's the thing. Get why? out, get gone. Oh, I can't stand it. Do you know what? I have to wear proper workout gear to a football match because I know you'll make me nearly have a heart attack trying to run. We run when there's like a tube every 10 seconds afterwards. Why do you have to do that? Because that's what you do. Right. So the last football ground that I have picked, I've gone for the biggie. I've gone for Wembley Stadium. Obviously in London, opened in 2007, owned by the FA, 90,000 seats. So it's the largest football stadium in England and the second largest football stadium in Europe. You have been to the largest stadium in Europe. Have I? Yeah, Barcelona. Oh, yeah, yeah, New Camp. New Camp, Camp, no. Yeah, which holds 99,354. I know this is going off a bit of a tangent, but I'm very jealous that you went there. What was the atmosphere like? It was incredible. It was more, I've been to Old Trafford and Wembley, and I'm not going to talk about Wembley, but what I did find, just a normal Spanish league match, and the atmosphere was fantastic. It was proper... There wasn't very many tourists. Well, I was there, obviously, but there wasn't a lot of these grounds. You see lots of tourists. Yeah. But it was full of proper Spanish Barcelona fans. Brilliant atmosphere. Some of the fans on one of the ends were singing throughout the whole match. It was brilliant. (laughs) Well, I'm very jealous. And back to Wembley. Uh, This is a very weird fact. It contains 2,618 toilets, which is more than any other venue in the world. Wembley has the most toilets in the world, which means you get no queues which is ideal. Is it normally rammed when men go to the toilet in football matches? Yeah, not at Wembley though. <laughs> no, not at all. Obviously there's lots of music going on. Again, I think you've seen lots of people at Wembley. Jealous. Uh, there's Killers, Green Day, Madonna, Beyonce, all the big names. And it was a temporary home, obviously, for Tottenham August 2017 to March 2019, while Hut Lane was under reconstruction. I mean, it's weird, isn't it, for a, a club to kind of go to a different stadium for a while. And I think to start off with, they really struggled, Tottenham, but they kind of got in swing with it. FA Cup finals obviously held there. 
and the home to England national matches, which is when it was on my bucket list to watch England play football. And thank you very much, Dad. You allowed me to go with you to Wembley. It was real cool. November 2017, it was an international friendly. So it's England against Germany. And the result was nil-nil. Abraham Vardy played up front. Loftus Cheek got man the match randomly. I know he's injured now. Germany had Hummels, Ozil, Gundogan, Sane... Uh, Kimmich, a lot of the Premier League players for Germany were playing and it was leading up to 2018 World Cup Russia and as much as the experience was amazing I remember this was before obviously the World Cup so the atmosphere it's not like it would be now if we're watching England because I feel like Gareth Southgate did so much with them over the World Cup that now there is a great atmosphere where you go to England matches the only criticism that I would say that when we went there wasn't that unity amongst the England supporters because I think we were still trying to find our feet. Yeah, I think being better with a competitive match at Wembley. I've been to a couple of competitive matches rather than friendlies and yeah, it gets it going then the atmosphere definitely. I saw England-Croatia actually when the famous Wally with the Broly when McLaren was there and we lost 3-2 I think and the atmosphere then we were sat quite close to the Croatian fans. The atmosphere was fantastic. So yeah, I think you need a proper competitive yeah. international. I mean, it was amazing. And I would go every day of the week if I could to Wembley to watch a match like that. And yeah, the stadium, 90,000 people. It was amazing. So that's the one I finished with. So my five football grounds that I have picked were Stoke, Fulham, Ewood, Blackburn obviously, Yeovil's Ground, and of course, Wembley. And I uh, was Forest Green, Villa Park, Reading, Majeski, Shrewsbury, and Bournemouth. I could have picked lots more. A couple of other ones I didn't pick that I've been to. Brent, been. Brentford I quite like. And that's going to get knocked down soon. So Millwall, that was an interesting day out. And I think oh one of the ones I would like to see that I haven't seen probably, which I have seen, makes sense. I went to the old White Hart Lane and told from colleagues at work the new White Hart Lane in terms of a football ground is absolutely fantastic. Really? Other ones that I've not been to that I'd like to get to, just a couple was due to go to Luton, I think this weekend or next weekend, I'm not sure, for the last match of the season. Not been to Luton, so that's an old, very old ground apparently. Portsmouth, Fratton Park, again, not been there. I've been to Southampton, but not Portsmouth, and they reckon Portsmouth is a, a very atmospheric, old-fashioned ground. And Sunderland, I've not been to many grounds on the East Coast, so I'd love to go up to Sunderland. I bet that's a rip-roaring atmosphere when that gets going. Yeah, I have not been to even half the amount of grounds that you've been to. Probably over, I reckon, 15, something like that. But yeah, there's so many grounds that I'd love to go to. Emirates, I've never been there. Again, I feel like we go past it on the train a fair bit in London. Newcastle, that's a ground that when I watch it on the TV... Newcastle fans are obviously famous for the atmosphere that they bring there. So those are two grounds. You're always trying to get me to go to Millwall. Yeah, that was good fun, actually. I knew I was one of my five, but uh, I didn't have enough time to tell you what happened. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's probably not the most appropriate for the podcast, but maybe one of these days you can get me to Millwall. What's more essential for you at a football stadium? Is it the quality of the pies they sell or the quality of the tea? I think the tea definitely is more important than the pies. I'd prefer an old stadium to a new stadium. I think it's just interesting. I'm trying to get to every stadium. Eventually, that's impossible because there's teams coming in and out. But I'm about 50-odd, 60 at the moment. So if I can keep going to different places, that'll be interesting. Actually, we've been using quite a few of your Christmas presents, actually, because you've currently got your football grounds, a fan's guide. And it's got basically every football ground in there, isn't it? Yeah, an away guide to every ground. A guy called Duncan Adams put it together. Tells you all about what the ground's like, what's it like for visiting supporters, 
Talks about the pubs that are near the ground. Cost of programmes. Directions and car parking, cost of programmes, pies and pints, how to get there. It's brilliant, actually. It's a real good read. And if ever we're going anywhere, I'll pick that up and have a good look at it. And the other present that we got you was your scratch map. Yeah, well, you can scratch away all the different grounds you've been to as well. So I'll keep scratching. I've not been scratching much recently, unfortunately. <laughs> that but, sounds uh, a bit weird. It does sound a bit <laughs> weird, but I'll get back to scratching when the... Uh... <laughs> oh, no. No. Right, we're going to have Barnet of the Week time. So Stoke was one of my stadiums that I chose. So I looked back at some of the Stoke City players and I've gone for the very rugged... Welsh midfielder, he used to play for Swansea and Liverpool, Joe Allen. Do you remember Joe Allen? He had a bit of a rugged hair, got a beard well, he going on. Still plays for them, still, he? Yeah, he still plays for them, which I didn't realise. And I did some research into him. Apparently, he's got a really good interest in animal welfare, which I thought was really cute. And him and his wife look after hens that can't lay eggs anymore. So he rescues hens. How cute is that? That's ridiculous, really. So he's kind of got this whole like, rugged farmer look going on, wears the Alice Van Welt. He's just a really good inspiration if people want to get into like looking after hens and stuff. Very good. I'm not sure about that one. But <laughs> I'm, I've actually got mine from Bournemouth this season that I went watching Barrow there, 2007. He didn't play, but he was in the squad. He was on loan from Southampton, I think, at that time. Adam Lalana. Ooh, and okay. uh, Adam Lalana is one of those players when you uh, Google him, and put images up, you've got probably a dozen different Barnet styles. Uh, again, the old Alice Band comes in, bit of a bob on top, short at the sides. Uh, one thing he hasn't done is dyed it, I think. Good. But uh, other than that, he's had just about every possible shape and size of Barnet you could want. Would you so, ever dye your hair if you could? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> or natural. That's it for this week, episode 16. We've gone through 10 different football stadiums. Like we've mentioned, we could have had loads of different ones, but every football match you go to, there's always a great atmosphere. So we really enjoyed looking at some of those stadiums and getting out that book of yours. Next week, well, it is going to be a biggie. We're going to look at the biggest, fiercest English football derbies. Oh my gosh, when I say English football derby, just you've got to name one that springs to mind. I say derby versus Notts Forest, that's a real big one. Oh, okay, so we're going to have, we're thinking maybe about 10, see how we get on. That is what we're going to be looking at. Till then, stay safe, stay positive, and we'll be back then. <laughs>